reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Welcome to Preston Super Show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me. And we're talking about UFC Fight Night or Take vs. Rodriguez. Jessica Pena, uh, Jessica Pena versus Emily Ducati in the first fight, and that's the women's strawweight division. It was, it was just a a fight that that I kind of thought my head was gonna go the distance, and it did. Um, for a unanimous decision victory for Emily Ducati, and. She earned it. Um, she landed a, a ton of strikes, 116 significant strikes to 63 for Jessica Pena, and uh, you you can only uh, wonder uh, how much farther Emily Ducati can go in the in the women's uh, strawweight division uh, because she's got a, a lot of potential. So then you move to the middleweight uh, division here. When Dwight Grant fights Dustin Stoltzfus. Now, the body snatcher Dwight Grant has been around the UFC for a while, and he's he's really, really a tough out for, for any opponent. Here comes Dustin, and he's all like technique, all power uh, when he's throwing his shots. And he's trying to be precise, but you can tell everything is, you know, to set up something bigger. And that's how we worked this fight. Um, he he landed less uh, significant strikes, but the two takedowns he had uh, and the punishment he was he was kind of pouring on uh, swayed swayed the judges, and it could have been over, could have been over, but they they went at it and. Uh, Dustin Stoltzfus is on the rise uh, in the middleweight division. You will hear his name probably one or two more times this year. Then you had Dustin Jacoby versus Daun Jong. The high knock. Dustin Jacoby, literally, I got up. I'm make a couple, make a pot of coffee here. You know what I'm saying? Let me get up and make this coffee. Okay. As soon as I turn around, the fight's over. They're raising his hand. I'm like, wow. It didn't take any time for him to knock out Daun Jong Sasita. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I mean, it didn't take any time at all. I mean, I, I stepped away, made a cup of coffee. I'm thirsty. I would like some coffee. Oh, I come back. It's over. I'm like, wow. So in that light heavyweight fight, you have to get uh, Dustin Jacoby like, oh. Uh, like the top, the top, top guys now. You have to. So then we move on to a great uh, fight here. Bill Algio versus Herbert Burns. And it looked like this fight was going to be over. 
like Herbert Burns locked in this triangle. It was gnarly. It's over. It seems like he's going to go out and then Bill Algeo survives. And then one thing I liked about that fight in particular was when Bill Algeo wanted it, he knew to just press on the gas. He knew to just go full stop. You know what I mean? KO, TKO in the second round and finish that fight off. Then came a fight that to me was a pick And a lot of people didn't see it that way. Um, but I'll tell you right now, this, this felt like a pick all the way. And it was Ricky Simone versus Jack Shore in the bantamweight division. And Ricky Simone is an excellent wrestler. He's got the physique of a like a Matt Hughes. So you know his and you know what I mean? He's got that that strength, that drive, that push like uh GSP. And he's up against Jack Shore, who's like the hottest thing coming out from over in Europe. And um you're you're kind of just looking like, all right, what are we gonna see? And um, Ricky Simone comes in and he just perfects his game. You know what I mean? He was outclassing Jack Shore, um, finishes him off in an arm triangle, and it was it was insane uh, how fast that took place. But I think what's even more insane what what the the biggest takeaway is from this particular fight in the bantamweight division is Ricky Simone's elevation through uh, MMA up to this point and it's good for me to do the recap uh, for all of you and for myself that way we can understand when these fighters fight again and you're only as good as your last fight so here we are at the middleweight division with two guys who are 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 actually really they're both really beast like really beast and you know what to be honest with you you wouldn't have been wrong for picking either one of these guys until the fight was over so Puna Hale versus uh, Puna Hale Soriano versus Daucha Lungiambula Um, and here's the thing about Soriano he's been like if you have Snapchat you've seen UFC Pulse um, on their page They've they've been following this guy since his first fight in the UFC now Lungi and Bula here's the thing about him he's he's like built like Apollo Crews you know what I'm saying like he's big so you get in there with him you know what I mean you're gonna have to go really really hard because what he's gonna throw at you is gonna hurt when it lands and that and you know Soriano he, he was in a uh, a fight where he kind of met his match type of thing but it's early in his uh, MMA career in the UFC. UFC is, you know, it's a whole different ball game than than any other fight league. So, and I and I still really believe that. 
So you had a knockout in the second round. And, you know, Soriano kind of felt uh, like Lugiambula emptied a lot of his gas tank in the first round. Like, that's the way I seen it. Like, I don't know if everybody's seen it that way, but I'm going to be real. That's how, that's how, you know, your host, Preston Olsen, seen it. So, that's what I can tell you about that middleweight scrap. And Soriano is, is going to be a huge, huge uh, threat in this division. But then you got to look at Lungi and Bula, and I really think he's going to get better. He got two takedowns in this fight. Now, that's important because Soriano didn't really defend the takedowns well. So, that's something he can take away from that. That, you know, with the ultra-aggressive fighter, you got to use your secret weapon. You know what I'm saying? That might be your wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Your base or whatever it is. That's got to be your secret weapon against uh, the ultra-aggressive fighter. But it was a good fight. I enjoyed that one. Then we're up to a really good fight. I mean, I can't even lie. This is probably the second funnest fight of the card. I'm going to say the funnest fight was definitely um, Stolfus fighting uh, Dwight Grant early on. Like that was that was probably the funnest fight to me. But this Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate, um, women's flyweight. Wow. Uh, this went all, all three and Lauren Murphy gets the win and she landed 102, uh, significant strikes to Misha Tate's, uh, 85. But don't take anything away from either one of these women because they really went at it. They really went uh, to war in the cage here. And, you know, I, I, I thought honestly at times Misha Tate was winning the fight. But I think the aggression factor played plays a lot more in the judges' minds when the women are fighting than when the men are fighting. And I don't know. I just, that's what I'm starting to notice out of uh, decisions. And Lauren Murphy was the more aggressive fighter. She ends up winning this. And you can't hold it against her because she she was the more well-rounded. You could, uh, more well-rounded fighter. And you could tell she had a lot of cage experience by the way she was moving in the uh, octagon. That did make it hard for uh, Misha Tate at times. So that was a, a really good fight. Then you end up getting probably the most questionable decision. A majority decision win for <clears throat> Shane Burgos for, uh, against Charles Jordan. And Charles Jordan landed 113 significant strikes. And Shane Burgos landed 42 significant strikes. But he had two takedowns, three submission attempts. But that is a huge difference in aggression. So I don't, 
um, really see how, you know, I know the judges don't look at the stats or maybe they're not supposed to or whatever the rule is behind that before they make a decision. But this was a majority decision win for uh, Shane Burgos. And to me, that's just like that is that is insane. So you have Charles Jordan, who is on the rise in this fight. And then Shane Burgos, who is, is looking to get on track. And he does. So we'll see who he gets next. But uh, for Jordan, it, you know, you still walk away feeling uh, a little bit better about it. Because you know that you had, you know, one of the judges on your side uh, when it came to scoring. So, wins in the featherweight division then we move on to the flyweight division and this fight uh, was another pick to me because uh, Sum- Sumara Dean uh, versus Matt Schnell and Matt Schnell needed this win and when guys need a win I'll tell you right now for picking fights they usually get it they usually go and get that win because they are hungry. It's a desperation factor. And that applies. That kind of is layered over all their training. So you got Matt Schnell. Who survives a, a bit of a beating early on. Um, Sumar Deej scores the knockdown. But Matt Schnell hangs in there. And, and he really works his ground game into this fight. And he kind of throws in another wrinkle into his game here. And, you know, you're looking at this fight, like, to be honest, at the beginning of the fight, and I just, I'm, I'm like, not a knock on him. I just, like, if he doesn't win this, he's probably headed to Bellator. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they're going to do if he doesn't win this one. So, for him to win that, that was big for match now. And he he was hungry for a boy. So then we had uh, a, a welterweight scrap. And that was Lee Jinglang versus uh, Muslim Slakov. And Slakov was a favorite here. Um, great wrestling. But uh, Jinglang is, is like right where he needs to be. So here he comes in, like, weathers some pretty good shots. But overall, he was dominating this fight scores the knockdown and it, it, it's history from there he knocks him out um, in the second round they each scored a takedown so it was a back and forth fight but when you go and watch it you get to see the replay of it or you've seen it live on uh, ESPN Plus like I'm subscribed to then you would have known right away you know that uh Jing Lang is just, oh, he's got too much power for this guy. 
So that that was just kind of the case scenario that was playing out. So then we get to kind of a little bit of a, a downturn after a really excellent uh, UFC fight night. We get Amanda Lamos versus Michelle Waterson, and it was a good fight up until the second round where Michelle Waterson gets choked out and forgoes the tap and then kind of Lamos felt her go and then the ref kind of comes in like oh okay it's over (laughs) it was just like oh okay so it was a good fight up until that point the first round was a little bit slow getting off but then you know it, it heated up but then you know that it was history and you could tell Lamos was stronger too especially when she landed that choke she wasn't letting go so then we got you know so out of out of the women's um strawweight division we go to the men's featherweight division and you had the main event here we go everybody's fired up Brian Ortega big fan and then you got Yair Rodriguez this fight was back and forth Ortega looked sharp on the feet, but Rodriguez looked like he has some he has some good power. He looked like his power mixed with his speed is like that sneaky power. So like that TJ Dillashaw, that uh, Volkanovsky type power. And that it it can, you know, catch you. It can knock you. Um so here in featherweight, they just land about twenty plus strikes. Um, Ortega pushed for the takedown in the first round, and the fight w- wasn't even going long. And then you know all of a sudden his shoulder pops out, and it was just kind of that was it. So that was your main event, and that's just bad luck for the UFC. That's all that is, but. You know, I don't know. Do, do they run it back? What do you, where do you go from there? Where do, what do you do with that? So that's up to them. I don't know. But um, it's on to the next. And you got a good, good um, fight week coming up. Um, you know, a big, big main event. Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. I mean, that's huge. Right now, we all need that as fight fans. All the fight fans want that. We want that Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. <clears throat> Let me tell you why. I mean, I'll bring my picks to you Thursday uh, for UFC Fight Night London. That's on uh, the 23rd of this month. Uh, but if I if I could do it Friday, that's, that's great too because I like to see the weigh-ins. So, Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. Man, man, that's really all I'll touch on right now. They, they're, the main thing about this fight is they both have about the same wrestling. So we'll see who's the better wrestler, who's the better mixed martial artist. And I'm looking forward to that. Go check out uh, my SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash heavypa15. Check out my new music on there, my latest single, Street Sweeper. Check out all the other content on the page. Go to the YouTube channel. You know what to do. And don't forget, Smoke After Dark is up there. It's legendary. It's iconic. Much love to you. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone. And God bless. <laughs>